You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Great to be with you guys. A little bit different format this go-around, as uh, we are all at our own abodes the hour brought to you by register sausage as always shows brought to you by register sausage as always yay sausage <laughs> and we can have some celebratory sausage after last night's national championship victory boys o- only celebratory sausage after that it's Is he uh, gonna do a promo can he do a promo for that hour you think we have we talked a bit about a, a national championship promo for soccer He's actually a huge FSU soccer fan. He's done some uh, – I think he's helped them out a little bit in some different areas. And uh, so, yeah, it, it surprised me he hasn't jumped on it yet. But, but I'm guessing with the holiday season, and not to speak for Ben, I know you like to offer discounts that don't exist. Right. They're just figments of your imagination. Yeah. Uh, but I'll reach out to him and see. But if, but, if, but if he doesn't or if he hasn't yet, you should still get your register sausage, register sausage uh, for the holiday season. You could probably still have it delivered in time for the holidays. Registermeats.com is the website, or if you happen to be blessed enough to live in North Florida, Central Florida, Alabama, uh, some of those fine areas, you can uh, get it in person at your local uh, grocery store. That's now three national championships for Coach Kukurian and his staff, and man, they're in it every freaking year. Just think if they had had a couple of things go their way, even last year with PKs being devastating the way that it was, they could have four or five national championships. We just get greedy these days. They're they always won, right there. They could have won two in one year. They could have won two in a six-month span. That's how yeah. close they were. It's crazy to think that that was only six months ago right. um, when they kind of, you know, they let that one get away. Let's be honest, against Santa Clara uh, last year, they kind of let that one get away. But, yeah, I thought it was awesome that they won the way they lost. Like there was well, some, I also there was thought, redemption there. Well, and I also think it's important when you dominate possession and dominate a game that you get a result, especially when it's in the national championship game. It's not like BYU can walk off the pitch and think they deserve to win. Um, Florida State was the better team in this game for the vast mean, majority of the contest. When you say a pitch, are you talking about the grass? That's why I love. I love that Jeff just broke out two soccer terms: pitch yeah. and result. Because mm. if you if you talk to Mark Corian, you talk about the results. You don't necessarily right. talk about the win or the loss. It's a uh, you know it's a little nuance there to Jeff Cameron's. Just shows the the depth and the breadth of his uh, knowledge. 
Uh, 12 years I played soccer. My brother played college soccer, both of them. So uh, I've got a little soccer background, guys. I don't you know a, if you know that about me. Were you a midfielder? What were, uh, no, I was a left winger and a right winger, uh, depending on the team and the year. But uh, I was uh, I was a goal-scoring Jesse, guys. That's what I did. <laughs> nice, man. Did you yell Not- drawers? When you, when you score a goal, did you yell drawers in soccer too? No, I did not yell drawers, uh, but I would. T- I was a smack talker. I would frequently let people know it was about to happen. Did you, um, uh, did you shush the crowd like Jalen? Never shush the crowd. Wasn't that kind of arrogance. I did have a celebration, though. I did do the slide. I, I was all there for oh, everybody. Come on. You did oh, not yeah. do the slide. I did do the slide. I emulated my heroes. I did the slide, baby. Uh, Rodney Marsh of the Rowdies used to do a slide after he scored. And I used to go grow up going to Rowdies games with my family. Uh, and I loved Rodney Marsh. And Steve Wagerly was the other player that I loved. Uh, the Rowdies used to actually fill Tampa Stadium, the old Big Sombrero. Oh, yeah. And we used to go to those games all the time. Uh, I remember I met those guys. Uh, Winston DuBose was the goalie. I loved him. So we, we were a big soccer family. What's oh. funny? What was funny about uh, Zhao last night when she hits the, the winning goal is her reaction at first was to just like turn around, like, "Oh, this oh, is." Like, what I, I knew I had that. But but then she went and like, "Oh, I'm supposed to celebrate." Then she ran and slid. <laughs> but like when she first kicked it, she just was like, "All right, somebody she just else." Just turned like, around and gave it one of those. Yeah, yeah it's a. Uh, it's it's funny. I was thinking last night. I was when I was watching. I told my wife. I said I can't imagine what it's like to to have to hit a PK to win a national championship because <laughs> just hitting a PK in the South Side Youth Soccer League that I played in was stressful. I can't imagine what it was like having to do it to you know with the hopes and dreams of an entire team behind you after having come off the disappointment from a year ago uh, and having dominated that game, knowing that you damn well should win it. Woo, that's a toughie. Yeah, and uh, it, it's such an odd way, and I know people, the the, the uh, ugly Americans say this all the time, but it's such an odd way to de- determine a champion. Oh, um, Europeans say it too. It's stupid. Well, but I don't know what the alternative is. Do you start taking pl- players off the field like hockey? Sorry, the, do you start taking players off the pitch like hockey and, uh, and like you go nine on nine and then seven on seven and five on five until finally there's a big goal? I prefer Whatever resembles the sport most is what I would prefer. It's like uh, it drives me nuts when we decide things uh, in a way that really doesn't resemble the way the game is played. Um, it, it'd be like just lining up and kicking a bunch of field goals instead of having an overtime in football. You know, it's, it's just silly. What do, you, right. what, what do you guys think about the college football going with the two-point conversions after with two overtimes? I'm all right with it. I like it better than 77 to 73 and 19 overtimes, but they yeah, still haven't gotten some- it right. But can't they just go back to ties if they're going to do that nonsense? Like you talk about something that doesn't reflect the game at all. You're going to just start doing two-point conversions? Why not? I'm cool with the tie. I thought ties were fun. Corey, we share that take. I also thought ties were great. I used to tell people all the time when they stopped ties, I was like, man – kind of like the tie Mm -hmm. i mean there was a real desperation in those waning moments if you knew you were about to tie you might take a few risks because because f all this tying nobody wants to play that long and beat each other's brains into tie but i like that it was almost punitive like hey man couldn't get it done sorry you both got to walk out of here with just a measure of satisfaction but not a lot like the choke at doke wouldn't have been nearly as cool as if he obviously if he got an overtime and lost but I, I thought that's what made it kind of neat is that you tied them. I thought that was pretty cool. It also it's fun to see the personalities of, and philosophies of coaches. Yeah, you know, Pat, Pat Dye becoming Pat Ty. 
Um, you know, and, and you don't even get to you don't even get to see what these guys would do. Right. I have a feeling that some of these coaches right now would be more of the tie, you know, looking for the tie, especially, you know, when, when you I mean, are you going to be sitting on the sideline trying to figure out like the the playoff standings if you get a tie versus if you, you know, I mean, it's just uh, it would it would add a different dynamic. I don't know if I'm with you guys in favor of it. Um but I also uh, I could, it would it would add a different element. But it, but if this is the overtime, right? Like right, oh right. man, okay, let's just go two point conversions. Like what is this? Well, it'd be like the NCAA having a free throw shooting contest. Well, it's also like, this is ridiculous. This isn't football. Know, I've always thought about it too. Like I'm sure Nebraska fans would like to have that extra national championship in their coffers if Tom Osborne had just kicked the extra point. You know, there was no reason to be going for two there, my man. You've won the national championship with a tie, but he didn't want to go out that way. And I know they always praised him for it, but I was like, F that. I want the title. Well, that's, <laughs> how, that's how we make America great again. Bring back the tie. There you that, go. That now you're talking. Now you're talking, Ira. Except just in the playoffs. Except in, just the playoffs. in college football, and yeah, and not in the playoffs. Absolutely, can't have a tie in the playoffs. That doesn't do anybody any good. Just keep playing. I'm sorry, you're tired. That's just tough. Yeah. Um, you know, I even think that way with soccer. By the way, where people are like, well, what do you do? Take players off the field? No, keep playing. Somebody's going to be in better shape than somebody else. At some yeah. point, they're going to make a play and win the game. Um, somebody's <laughs> going to be too tired to track somebody down, or just say the hell with it. You score. Go ahead and score. I'm done. <laughs> I've had enough. Somebody's going to break. I mean, we're playing to the boundaries, to the, the very edges of what, what's possible. We're in six overtimes. People are dropping like flies. Tough. Somebody's got to score. <laughs> so, Jeff, you're obviously a big soccer aficionado. Do you do the really annoying thing where the subject and verb don't match because that's what they do in Europe where Florida State are the national champions? It's like no man, Florida State That's is. True. They'll say Manchester are seven right. and two this year. That's not right. It's Manchester it's, is. My favorite is when people who like when Americans do it, and that's the only time they ever do that. Yes, like, that's what I'm talking, saying. They do that all the time just for soccer results. If, if they're talking about the NBA, not at all. But if they're talking about the Premier League, oh, you gotta you gotta use the lingo. I don't do that. I don't do that. No, I refuse. And and I also uh, spell correctly. I don't put Z's where we have S's. They got to get it together over there. Um, oh, <laughs> there. Thank so, God. Yeah, there's 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 all of that too. By the way, really quickly, Corey. I know that the, the uh, Seminole Headlines broadcast is not all about me, but uh, I went to your fair city over the weekend, sir, and made my way there to Phillips Arena, where I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I wanted to point something out really quickly. Uh, I don't know, and you can inform me because you're all things Mr. Atlanta. Sure. Uh, Arthur Blank, is he responsible for the greatness inside these facilities where you spend like a buck to get a beer and this sweatshirt that I bought cost me $15? Is that what's going on there? Are you wearing a Hawk sweatshirt? Yeah. Oh, man, what's going on? Ira, where's your Atlanta? I got my uh, ubiquitous World Series shirt that I I wear all the time. it It actually just dawned on me that Jeff's shirt looks orange. So we do look like this is Gator headlines. Well, it's red, and, man. It's red. It's, I know, it's but it looks orange, and his shirt looks blue and orange. Yeah. So this is yeah. what happened to Tom. Tom was wearing a Mets shirt. And people uh, got to the angry. Video. Yeah, the video you guys did with Aslan. Well, to so, answer your question, uh, he doesn't have anything to do with Phillips, so no. But he is the reason. I mean, look, sure, he's a he's a he's a great man. He made the city pay for half of his. 
two billion dollar building that he gets all the profits for. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say yes, that all, all the, of these the prices owners, are. The prices are very in the, in the dome in the Mercedes Benz. The prices are like back to like 1992 prices. Well, it's 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 a nice it's an added bonus because I will sure. tell you the tickets to an NBA game are absurd. I I don't know when this happened because I've not gone to too many NBA games. This is just my second. But I have to tell you, somewhere along the way, we went from spending a few hundred bucks at most on an NBA game in the lower bowl to fifteen hundred. Like, what is going on? What? Why are tickets? It's a regular season game before Christmas. Nobody cares. What are we doing? That's crazy. It's dumb, man. And the thing that when you watch pro sports on TV, especially pro sports, sometimes even college sports now, when you look at the crowd and you just see there's no diversity and there's very few kids because it's just people that can afford crazy expensive tickets. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of offensive, actually. You should uh, – you, you think those tickets are expensive. Let me tell you some stories about this world – the World Series games I went to, buddy. I'm, so I'm going to be paying that off well into the next decade. They should have given you free sweatshirts for the tickets. Yeah. Oh, you my gosh. Plus the money I might have lost on gambling – you might have. There's, there's a, I might have lost some money there betting. Well, that you chose to lose on gambling because you wanted to offset your nerves, which makes zero sense. Yes, but it that, does. I'm a champion. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm a champion. You made so many plays during the run <laughs> that you never saw. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV, along with you guys watching. Thank you so much. Don't forget to like and subscribe to War Chant TV if you're watching currently. We will get to headliner questions in the second hour. I know, Ira, you put the siren out call out there. Did you do it, Corey, as well? I got to go grab Facebook. It's all on there. Yeah, man. Well, what is okay. this? I don't, I don't trust you. I, you know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm 230 out of 230. 
it's a pretty good streak you're on. You, <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but yeah, you've a, I did. You've, you've had a you've had a couple of bleeders with two strikes in the ninth, right? Uh, to break up a no hitter and get him in under the guideline. But now you've uh, you've uh, you've done yeoman's work there with. The I questions. mean, I'm in, I'm insulted. He asked. Well, let me let me explain. In fairness, I'm never on Facebook anymore. I never go well, there. Right. I'm never there. And so I don't see the notifications because I don't realize that it happened. I see Ira's tweets. That's why Ooh. I know that he's he's solid. But, Corey, I apologize. You are a Facebook warrior. Thank you. Do you want me to get on Snapchat? Maybe we start doing Snapchat questions. I, I, I don't have of... Snapchat. You can oh. throw it up on Instagram. I'll know that it happened. I've got that. A little IG? A little IG? I got a little IG action. I got that. Um, all right. So the ladies are national champions. We celebrate FSU soccer uh, for their third national title and uh, level of excellence that is perennial. Now we move forward to Florida State needing great leadership. It looks like it could happen as early as today, Ira. I know we wrote on warchant.com, or you did, that um, it looks imminent for Vince Tyra to be the next uh, athletic director at Florida State. What I find fascinating in all of this, and I want to hear from you guys, how many experts there are on ADs across the land in this FSU fan base is rather remarkable. I mean, they will break it down for you why this is a terrible hire or a great hire or it was the wrong hire, and that this other guy, they're 100% certain, was going to be the greatest AD of all time, and how could we have missed something so obvious? And uh, this is a throwback edition, just to clarify, if people see it's a different looking, uh, as you said, we're, we're all in our different abodes. Um, we're recording this, actually, Tuesday morning. So there's a possibility before this airs from 1 to 3 p.m. that it's possible. It could, this, the headlines jinx could uh, affect us. I don't think they're going to announce it today. My guess is it might be tomorrow. You'd like to think that they'll wait till after the championship celebration, which will be this evening for the soccer team to announce a new athletic director. But yeah, Vince Tyree, uh, who's been the athletic director at Louisville for the last three years, uh, appears to be the choice. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I mean, I, I think there's a combination of factors of why some FSU fans are vocally, first of all, like we talked with football, a lot of times the people you hear the loudest are the people uh, who just want to be the most vocal, but th- that doesn't necessarily reflect everybody's opinions. A lot of people I know and respect Really think highly of Vince Tyree and uh, think the job he did at Louisville is impressive, but more so maybe the job he did in his career before that or people that have met him. Um, and so, and he went to, they went through the interview process. They interviewed several candidates, some of them with FSU ties, some without FSU ties. This is the guy that uh, the president and, and a, a, at least some of the board members uh, have decided is the guy they want. And, uh, you know, we'll see, have to see how it goes. But I think the biggest thing is they're going to have a, an actual, dr- athletic director for the long term that people can see what his vision's about and decide whether or not they want to rally around that and move forward because that's something that FSU really hasn't had in a long time. Well, they need to rally around it whether they like them or not. You know what I mean? Like it's you either like your school or you don't. I, I mean, obviously the AD matters, but you, you want to – your school is more important than whoever the AD is, so hopefully they'll rally around whoever it is. And also we have to point out, Jeff, it's spelled T-Y-R-A. But Ira's not mispronouncing his name. According to the LSU bio, it's what you say it was, Tyre? Or the Louisville bio. One sorry, the sorry, Louisville bio. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what? It's Tyre. Tyre, like Stingray, but Tyre. Tyre. It's going to be hard to do, isn't it? Because it's spelled Tyra. Yeah. 
It's, well, not, Ty, Ty Ray, it's not Ty Ray Banks. Maybe, maybe she should go by Ty Ray Banks. <laughs> she should. I'm just glad you brought up Tyra Banks because I hadn't <laughs> thought about her beautiful ass in a long time. That's a good one. Hey, settle down over there, it's, buddy. No, I don't mean literally her ass. Right. I just mean her beautiful everything. Beautiful yeah, person. Beautiful body. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah, mean. I, I, you're right. I, I'm impressed with who she is as a human being. You're correct. Right. Yeah. Um, that, Ty that, Ray. <laughs> that said, back to Vince Ty Ray. Well, I'm not imagining in any way other than being an athletic director. So he, yeah. I should he, I should note, uh, is a sitting AD, which is something I wanted Florida State to uh, go after, a sitting AD, somebody who's done the job. And depending on who you believe, is a sitting AD with a real problem with the president at Louisville, those two not seeing eye to eye, which, which I bring up only because, if true, makes it impossible to truly know exactly what his vision would have looked like if he can't get done what he wants to get done. And hence he put his name in the, uh, in the pool of people that could come in and interview for this job and apparently interview very, very well. I do know Ira and I know you do too. We talked to similar sources. I know you have more than I do, but I talked to somebody that uh, also knows Vince Tyre and um, they think very highly of him, that he's extremely smart, that he's, he's a sound leader, a uh, really good public speaker uh, and that he will have a vision. So, so I'm excited about that. Florida State hasn't had that since Dave Hart. Yeah, and like you said, some of the some of the people with FSU ties that a lot of people were pushing for, uh, you know, Jeff Purinton, uh, who's at Alabama. Um, I think Magdi uh, El Hawaii, uh, who's at um, uh, Georgia. There's a few other people with FSU ties um, that haven't been sitting athletic directors. Or you know, there's another one that was very obviously very highly thought of, uh, Michael Alford, who's FSU's uh, CEO. Um, you know, Seminole Boosters, who's been here for the last year and a half and has done a really good job with that department. has kind of brought them into uh, this era of fundraising and has done a good job. And a lot of people like him, and he has been an athletic director. He was previously AD at Central Michigan before he came to Florida State. Uh, and so a lot of people are concerned, okay, what if you don't give him the job? Is he going to bail and go find something else because he might have expected to be next in line? Um, from what we hear, uh, they think it could work out where – He's going to work hand in hand with Vince Tyre. Um, you know, we'll have to see if something else comes available. Maybe he doesn't stay. But um, I think that what they see is the best of both worlds is you bring in a guy like Vince Tyre, who's got a strong business background, uh, has been in AD for the last few years in the conference, is very connected from what we understand, has a good relationship with Jim Phillips, who's the ACC commissioner. And then you also keep Michael Alford in the role he's been in for the last year and a half. And really, maybe you can get some real momentum going forward and get out of this mode of kind of cost cutting, which is what they've been doing the last few years, just trying to get through the, their, their own financial crisis and then the pandemic. I think they feel like they're ready to come out of this now and, and start growing and, and that they feel like this hire would be a big part of that. And what, you know, for the for the lay person, what what role in 2022, which is what the year will be when he really takes over, is the AD? Like Florida State has a bunch. I mean, look, you might have to hire a swimming coach or a golf coach or a tennis coach. That's fine. But no, that doesn't really move the needle. And that also doesn't really make much difference in the overall uh, of anything, really. So what is it just fundraising? Is that is that priority number one, two, and three? Is getting this football program into at least near the same lake that all these other teams are fishing in? I mean, obviously coaching hires is a big deal, but also uh, But you don't make any you don't make many of those. No, but that fundra- was my point. fundraising, so that's the thing. What's interesting about Florida State traditionally was fundraising wasn't really what Florida what Florida State's athletic director did. And you know, 
I remember talking to Dave Hart about this back in the day that he felt like, you know, Andy Miller, that was kind of his domain. And, 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 and there were times when maybe people in the athletics department would try to get involved in fundraising and there was, you know, they weren't part of that process. So there wasn't, I'm not going to say conflict. It just wasn't seamless over the last couple of years. Now that they brought the boosters back more in line with the athletics department, I think you'll see more of that. So I do think Vince Tyree will be more of a fundraiser than perhaps these previous athletic directors were. Uh, but the other part of it is that's really, I think important right now is, you know, the landscape is going to change. We all know that we see what's happening between NIL and, uh, you know, players, you know, possibly getting paid and then possible changes in uh, the playoff structure. And then what happens uh, down the road with possible more realignment or super conference and all that. At that point, now you want an AD who's really connected. And I think that's one concern. I think some people had about Vince Tyree was he's been an AD for three or four years. It's nice at a power five school in the ACC, but does he have the deep ties that you might want? And, uh, FSU feels good about it, but but I think that would be one concern I think people out might have is, does this guy really have the juice with the broader network in college athletics? Well, and Corey, I'll, I'll say this. We know that the interview process that's taken place for the last couple of weeks or two weeks ago or so uh, saw them bring in several candidates, many of whom laid bare a lot of problems uh, in the way that Florida State operated in the athletic department prior. And I know from some sources that uh, it was pretty eye-opening for the people involved in making the decision uh, as candidate after candidate came in and kind of, I'm sure in an uninsulting way, pointed out that they have to be a lot more efficient, they have to be better, they have to modernize. Uh, and so I think you do want somebody with a real vision. And I would imagine that during that process, that vision was shared. And as they went through each candidate, some impressed, some didn't, some were certainly more impressive than others. And so I would think that he would, if he emerges and did emerge as the top candidate, it was because his vision, his idea of what an athletic program should be and where it should be going uh, as we as we move into a really interesting time, uh, was the one that really stood out, both from a fundraising standpoint, but also uh, basically being in lockstep from the president on down. Because obviously, your job as an athletic director is to certainly put your coaches in the best position to su- succeed, so that they can put their players in the best position to succeed. And it trickles down, and you have to have the same vision. Everybody, it can't be a bunch of different departments. Everybody has to feel like they're on the same page. And so I'm excited about that, at least, because Florida State really hasn't had that in a long time. I'm not going to besmirch any one person, but we all know that this hasn't been a seamless operation for a very long time. Uh, And and I think a lot of people have uh, frequently worked over there in the Moore Athletic Center with maybe little to no guidance uh, from week to week, day to day. So I, I would like to believe that this will help remedy that problem. Yeah, and I just wanted to touch on that real quick, and I know we're probably at the end of the segment, but... But, but I think that's an important point, and that's why I tr- one of the things I really t- try to touch on in the column that people can read up at warchant.com about this topic is I just know personally, when I've worked at a business where I respect the, the editor, when I, in, in newspapers, when I, when I respected the editor or the sports editor, Corey, it's like when you, when you came to work for me, mm. like you, it just takes you to another level. The inspiration yeah. you get from me and my leadership is – well, anyway, in my my situation, right. yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to like I know. hypothetically. <laughs> Ira, Ira, I got to give you credit. Real quick. You knew you knew Corey had talent. When you looked at a lot of his work, you thought it's just untapped. If this he is just had a little terrible, better, but it's just, in there. Somebody to mold that clay 
but but yeah, no, in my uh, in you know, just I just know in my experience when I've worked for a boss that I respected and I thought that they knew what they were doing and they had a good vision, it brought the best out of me. And I think that's been lacking in FSU FSU athletics in a lot of ways, not on the field, not from a coaching standpoint, although it probably affects them somewhat, but more just how everything else in the operation works. And I think that you'll see some of the people that have been there that maybe haven't done a great job. They might, if you have better leadership, that you might get better out of them. Well, you've also lost, you've lost a lot of good people in the athletic department because they moved on to other jobs in other places because they didn't have that leadership. So I just think it can help in a lot of ways. You may not always see it necessarily reflected on this coach or this player, but how the department runs and how it functions to a lot of the things you were talking about, Jeff, I think those can all get better if you've got better leadership. Without question. Seminole Headlines 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV continues in a moment. How you doing there, podcasters? Good. Good to hear it. Listen, <laughs> if, you're, if you're wondering, uh, for, you know, for a good place to eat, watch a game, have a cold beer, enjoy a lot of choices, we suggest Horizons Bar and Grill. Maybe even run into us. You Could might happen. see us. Could you and I especially. Yes. I mean, I'm there once a week, I think. When I'm in town, I'm there. Stephanie and I are there. Great place. Cold beer, hot women, everything you want in a uh, – I probably shouldn't have said that. No, it's or okay. Hot beer and cold women. <laughs> whatever you're into. I, I, like, I like the good-looking ladies, too. That's sure, all right. But, but even if that's uh, not your thing, I'll be there. I'm a good-looking guy. And we would all agree, great food. Legitimately good food. The most important food. part of this ad is the great food. It's great food. They got TV, sports bar. They got the vibe, but beer, food, everything you could want. And most importantly, again – other than uh, the food, is that there is at least, I'd say, a 35% chance one of us would be there. And you get the mac and cheese bites. And you can get those shrimp tacos, which yeah. are the king. Uh, you get the, you've gotten healthy on me lately. You I get, eat the hummus. You eat the, I hummus. Get the hummus. Who eats really that? Good. He I, does. At Horizons I, I know I like hummus. Maybe I go. don't, but Horizons got some great hummus. But you look for them on their website. You can see their happy hour specials. Uh, just a great place to hang out. And it's and if you want a, like, a little upscale dinner, you yeah. can go in there for that as well. It's at Bannerman Crossing at the... Uh, Right off of Thomasville Road and Bannerman uh, up there on the northeast Tallahassee. Tell them headlines sent you. Well, the important thing is support the people who help support Seminole Headlines. That's Horizons Bar and Grill. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV as we continue. And so it is that Vince Tyra, Tyre, we think will be the Tyre. next Tyre will be the next AD. Uh, updates, I guess we should like delve into this. Man, it's so interesting to watch all of this happening. I mean, we got to react, Corey. I know one time you said they'll never do it. Do you think Miami is doing what you thought they never would, which is care about football again? Well, this was the hire to see, right? Like, I, I, it wasn't that they wouldn't care. I just there, – there's so much working against it, uh, against that program from a facility standpoint and a fan base standpoint that maybe didn't matter as much 20 years ago and 30 years ago as it matters now. Like, again, the disparity. I, I, talked, I talked about this on Wake Up War Champ. In 2001, Alabama was just starting to build their football facility. They're, you know, they, nobody had those things. Mm-hmm. That was 2001, 2002. It was when Ira and I were writing the book because Darius Walker took a visit to Alabama, and they were in Mike Shula. Was it Shula, yeah. the coach that was there? 
He was telling the parents, oh, this is going to be an awesome facility that we're building, uh, but it was under construction. Uh, that was 2002-ish, 2003-ish. So Miami back then, their facilities were awful, but nobody's were very good. Well, now they all look like cathedrals. They all look like NFL facilities. Miami's are still Miami. So that's always going to be a tough sell. But, yeah, this is the one hire where you're like, okay, it's a guy that's from there. He know He has a ton of connections. His name resonates. If he can keep the players in state or the players in the city, which is obviously always job number one at that school, um, yeah, they have a chance to be good. They're never going to be – you know, they might have a chance to get to the playoffs is what I'm saying. I, I don't even think I would have thought that two weeks ago. This is a hire that moves the needle enough for me where maybe he can get – he can load up that roster with some talent – where it'll be um, it'll be one of the top ten talented teams in the country, maybe. It's the commitment to the staff as well, yeah. and the money you're seeing that as well as uh, what you're seeing with Radakovich coming in. Like Miami decided, basically, with all those people throwing money at it, we're tired of sucking, and it's pretty clear. Now, it doesn't mean it will work necessarily, sure, but it certainly gives them a fighting chance where they didn't have one before. And I only bring this up because it directly affects Florida State. Mike Norvell and his staff as they effort to obviously upgrade their roster and get to a place where Florida State can compete for uh, conference championships again. It's a crazy time right now, and you can feel the angst amongst Florida State fans because everywhere you turn, a big-name coach is going somewhere and being poached and moving around. We see it with LSU, Billy Napier to Florida. We know Brent Venables leaves Clemson, which has a direct impact on Florida State as he goes to Oklahoma. And, we, you know, obviously we already we already saw with Lincoln Riley going out to uh, USC, that affects the Oregon job. So if you're going to leave, now would be the time. So Christopher gets out. He's got – a mother who's ailing down there, his wife's from there. Of course, he played on two national championship teams. So your head's kind of swimming about how does this affect recruiting? How does it affect the transfer portal? How does it affect Florida State's efforts to get back to where we need to be? I think the thing – look, I, I'm not it's, – it's, it's important to pay attention to. And, it, and as Corey said, you give them credit for throwing some money at it, pulling their resources, getting people uh, down there invested in, into uh, Miami Athletics. That's a positive – but, man, they are so far away from being where they need to be. I mean, from the facility standpoint, the fact that they still play their games in a different county. I mean, I, you know, again, I remember going back to when they made the decision, Donna Shalala made the decision to not buy the Orange Bowl. The city was like, look, man, if you guys want it, you can help take it over and, and, and it can be yours. And they were like, no, we're done. We'll play up in, in pro player, whatever they call it now. And that was a huge mistake. I don't, I don't think it's pro player. What, else, well, what even rock. is it? It's hard, hard rock. rock. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Man, <laughs> when you grow up down there, it's had seven different names. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so they, I mean, they have, it's, they, that facility issue is a real problem. The other thing is, and, and I, you know, again, it, my oldest daughter went on a tour of Miami as a student. She doesn't care about sports at all, but she went on a tour of Miami. I went with her on the tour. It's a great school, yeah. It's an unbelievable school, except they literally don't mention athletics or football or sports in one second of the time we were there. I mean, it, was, it might as well have been an Ivy League school. You go to Gainesville, you go to FSU. It's it's part of the experience. It's not part of the experience at Miami. That's a factor as well. And, and so I just don't know that the long-term – so I don't know that this is a long-term solution. We'll see. But if Mario Cristobal doesn't have success, I mean, they're kind of putting all their chips on Mario Cristobal and then this one opportunity. But if it doesn't work, where do they go next? This isn't like they've got 
everything in place. This is they're all just making one shopping spree, and we'll see what happens. This uh, is a wrap for them, right? I don't if know it, that this is. Yeah, I don't know that this is a sustained, uh, sustainable plan. It's man, we got to do something. Let's go crazy. It's Black Friday. Let's go buy the nicest car, and then we'll see what happens. By the way, you got to wonder. Uh, I wonder what like Mark Richt and Manny were thinking. We're like, oh. You got money now. That's awesome. Yeah. It's good to know. Thanks. <laughs> I just won six out of my last seven games. It was fourth and 14 from finishing on a seven game winning streak. And now you got money. That's great, man. Well, Congratulations. That, and that's, that's an interesting thing because part of the issue down there for Manny and a lot of those people, they didn't have support. Al Golden had no support down in Miami. Yeah. Manny doesn't have any, didn't have any support down there. Mark had some, but probably not as much as, as, as you would like. And so to that, to that point, you would think the high school coaches are going to embrace Mario Cristobal in the, in the, in the community and that'll help get players. But man, I don't know. Your high school coach may love Mario Cristobal and may love the U, but when Nick Saban shows up or when Lincoln right. Riley shows up or whoever, I mean, I don't know that this is necessarily they're going to build a fence around Dade County. But this Mario was their State. chance. This was they had to do. I mean, they didn't have sure. to do this. Well, they hadn't done this in twenty years. Shot. But but this is the shot. This is the shot they take. And if it doesn't work, well, then there's no more proof left. It's never going to work. It will be twenty five years. In fairness to them, I think it's the right move. I mean, I, I think yeah. they oh, absolutely, have to do this, and I think it's the right hire. Um, he, he has a deep passion for the university, so he'll live and breathe this and care deeply above and beyond just having been a hired gun. Like he's a Miami guy. Uh, he'll care deeply about trying to rebuild this program. And I do think he has a shot to keep some more players down there. And it is smart to infuse the program with a lot more money because they've been lacking. So it is it is worth noting. It is something that certainly we're going to have to pay close attention to. It's the right move. may not work. I agree with you guys. It may not work. I certainly hope it does not work. I hope it fails miserably. But – in truth, I do think it's 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 something to be a little concerned about. Um, but I think, but but to the way you started this conversation, I think is accurate, reflecting the thoughts of a lot of people in the fan base. Is it does feel like, oh wow, they've got all the momentum. Yeah, man, right. but they also have a, a lot of problems, and this yeah. doesn't solve all the problems. That's all I would say. Oh yeah, fans fans are panicked, and again, when you see shiny new things flying around the world of college football, you're like, well, we don't have a shiny new thing. We've got this guy that went five and seven this year, and <laughs> everybody tells me he's good, but I don't know. You know, like they get nervous. They get how really about, really nervous. How about Florida paying that contract to a guy from Louisiana? Like, who are they bidding against? I don't know. Maybe they, maybe he had other offers. That seemed like a lot of money to throw just to just to do it. Yeah, I thought it was strange, too. And I also thought that the uh, University of Miami, who were they bidding against? Right. I think Cristobal wanted to come back. Why did you have to pay him $8 million a year? I think the answer is you didn't. I mean, that's yeah, but I mean, you have to make it uh, – you have to make if – you, if you just get close to what he's making in Oregon, you have to bump it up a little bit. You'd be like, why, why would I come there for the same salary I'm making here? Um, I know his, his wife's from there and he loves it there, but, man, it is hard to win in Miami. The last five coaches will tell you that they've all been fired. Um, so it had to be worth his while financially because it's a huge risk for him. Oregon, you could stay at Oregon for 10 years and win nine games every year. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and whether or not it gets Miami to where they need to be, what it definitely does is avoid them from going into the abyss is, which is where I think they were going. And then that's which not- is where I desperately wanted them to go. <laughs> do you really know? I, I do. I've talked about this on wake up or chant. Do you, as a Florida state fan, we know it's better for the conference if Miami's good. We, we've never seen it, but it, it wouldn't be bad for the ACC 
if Miami's good. It will also help playoff possibilities when it becomes a 12-team playoff in a few years if the ACC is stronger. But isn't it a little bit cooler as a Florida State fan when Miami's good and you're good? The rivalry matters more then. And it's like, man, Miami's been bad for so long or just not bad, just mediocre, irrelevant, wallowing in the mud. I think it's years. I think it's better for college football, but I hate him, so I don't ever want him to win a you game. You want him to ever. go two and ten every year, yeah, but, or zero and twelve, yes. So well, how about <laughs> overstated? You yes, want him to go zero and twelve? Zero and twelve would be great. You'd like him to start maybe five and zero, play Ooh. Florida State in October, lose, yeah. and then lose the rest of the games. And go, yeah, go off the tracks, yeah, yeah. Well, we're which also, is a tradition at Miami usually. And you, and you mentioned it. We're not talking much about it yet, but. Uh, Clemson losing Venables is enormous. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the tease that I was going to go with, Corey. You're feeling the energy there. You're right. That's exactly where I was going to go next because I was talking about things that affect Florida State and Florida State's future and that fans pay attention to. New coach at Miami, new coach at Florida, new situation, at the very least, at Clemson. And I wanted to ask both you guys if you feel like this is the crack in the armor, if this is the beginning of the end. You lose the AD, you lose the defensive coordinator, there's talk of some disgruntledness on the field product this year was not great. It could be. That's next on Seminole Headlines 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. So a moment ago, we were talking about uh, the changes uh, surrounding Florida State football or that affect Florida State football, and we got into Miami situation, a little mention of Florida with Napier, but then I think the big one is we've all been paying attention to Clemson, and there's been a lot of chatter uh, surrounding that program this year, partly because the offense didn't look like it should have looked as we thought coming into the season. They struggled really to block it up. They ended up having a decent record and a decent year, but not by Clemson standards, certainly, and there were indicators that perhaps there were some things wrong as they had a a ton of close games, including the one that they just pulled out over Florida State. Uh, and now you, you now you lose Brent Venables, who's been uh, really, I think, over the last decade, the best defensive coordinator in football, certainly in the conversation as the best defensive coordinator in college football. He leaves for Oklahoma, and that's not easy to replace necessarily. But if you have really good players and you bring in a good defensive coordinator, you got a shot. I just want to know, do you think it's an indicator that some things are beginning to unravel? Because you also hear that Tony Elliott may be really willing to get out now. Uh, of course, he's already- not, not, just, not just willing to get out. He's interviewing at Duke. Yeah, so he's, yeah, so he's trying to get the hell out, yeah. If you're interviewing at Duke, I mean – yeah, that's like ready. the international symbol for I don't like it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'm going to go anywhere else. Is that an SOS when you put your name in the hat for Duke? You're like, guys, <laughs> yes. come save me. I'm going to interview for the Duke job. So he's desperate to be a head coach. Of course, his counterpart last year took over at USF. So now everybody's ire was directed solely at him for their you know middling offense this year, and he wants out. So you have coaches leaving. You have a, a product on the field that was a step down. 
You'd love to believe this finally could be the beginning of the end for Clemson's run as the dynastic team in the ACC. Certainly, we hope that's the case. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of signs. I mean, there, there's the ones you mentioned. They also had a couple of some key players just transfer their big-time young quarterback, the backup quarterback. They also had, a, I think, one of their star receivers, the Ladson kid, is gone the portal. And then you have Dabo. I guess he's going to stick with this policy of not going into the portal. I mean, he doesn't want to use the portal, but you're losing guys to the portal. Um, and then the other thing that happens when you start losing games, like they lost this year. I mean, they didn't lose a lot, but they lost a few. And I just always think back to Florida State in the early 2000s. Once you start losing games, then it becomes – because you're you're one of those teams in the national championship hunt, then once you lose a couple games early in the season, the because you're so programmed to win a national title – things a lot of times just go totally off the rails. It's not like when you're a Florida State team that's trying to come up now at this point in time, when you lose your second or third game, it's not the end of the world. You didn't think you were winning a national title anyway. Now I think the challenge for Clemson with all these changes is you start off and you lose a game early in the season again, and you think maybe your championship hopes are crushed. It becomes harder and harder to maintain what they had maintained now for the last seven or eight years. So, yeah, I I think they're definitely on the way down. Well, I mean, look, you, you can't you, – you you wouldn't think you'd stay even when you lose the best D.C. in the country, and that's what Venables is. I mean, they have talent on that defense. It's not like the – they're not as talented as the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, by the way, they had a great showing on yes. Saturday, Jeff. Thanks for being in the city for that. I hope you enjoyed it. Hey, my brother's daughter goes to Georgia. Uh, one of them does. And we sat down for that game, pumped to watch it. She was pumped to watch it. And then Georgia does what they do, which is blow every opportunity. Got, got it out of their guys. system. Got it out of their system when it really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now they just got to beat Michigan, and then they'll get another shot. At, nice to at win Cincinnati. an SEC title every once in a while. Don't need them. Don't need them. <laughs> just one. Um, but, you know, look, uh, Venables is an incredible defensive coordinator. This, more, this year more than any year because they lost so many guys. And they were still, you know, not all those guys are NFL guys, and they're still almost impossible to score against. You could score 17 against them, maybe. And that's a wrap. You're not going to score more than that. He's just great. And he's a lot like Mickey was to Bowden. So it's like, what would Florida State have looked like in 1997 if Mickey had left? Or 1996 if he had left after that season? Would Florida State have still continued for the next four or five years? Would they have hired a great coordinator the next hire that Dabo makes there is the biggest of his – well, not the biggest of his career. Venable's got him whatever it was, two or three national championships. But I, that's a that's an enormous loss. And you can't imagine – you can't just assume that it's going to keep going right where – it's going to keep – it's going to pick up right where it left off. That guy was – people wanted to play for him. They loved him. They played so hard for him um, all the time. He out-schemed almost everyone. That's a huge loss for them. Well, let's hope it resonates immediately. I mean, you want to see them suffer in recruiting and you want to see them suffer on the field. And let's hope that it remains a little convoluted on offense and we continue to see the regression Clemson back into their hole. They didn't matter for the better part of 80 years, save for one season under Ford. Uh, Let's hope they get back to being uh, an also ran in this conference and Florida State rises back as its rightful spot as the best team in the ACC without any question. That's the that's the idea, right? Let's get back to dominating the Atlantic. And And if they don't and if Clemson keeps if they just keep going at this pace and win 10, 11, 12 games every year, Dabo, the best coach of all time. I mean, what's (laughs) going on? I mean, it's crazy. We kept saying it was always assistance. And if he can keep winning when he loses all these guys to jobs and they still keep winning, then I guess we got to start giving Dabo all the credit he deserves. Maybe he's the mastermind. 
You remember that SNL skit in the '80s where Phil Hartman played Ronald Reagan, but he played yeah. him as like right. the, the 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 brains behind the scenes. Back to work. Yeah. Like he he put all he put all that. Oh, what's up, everyone? For, yeah, yeah, yeah. for show, but he was really a hard ass. Maybe that's Dabo behind the scenes. I, I do think it's gonna. I mean. It, it almost feels like something is wrong in the sense of Venables leaving for Oklahoma is not shocking at all by any stretch. About Especially, damn time. Exactly. Yeah, it's 10 years too late. What are you waiting on? But the Tony Elliott thing is fascinating because he was the hot name for a lot of jobs a year ago, the last couple of years, and never seemed to be really interested. Just took the raises from Clemson and stayed put. And now all of a sudden they have this past year, and now my man's interviewing Duke. He interviewed a Virginian Duke in – I mean, if he takes the Duke job, to me, that's a terrible sign. And the fact Radakovich is leaving as well, the athletic director, um, you know, again, man, if, if, to your point, yeah, if, if, if Dabo can survive all of this and, and still thrive, then either they are way paying more for their players than anybody else, or, yeah, he's the, he's the next Bear Bryant. Hey, real quick before we round out the hour, and we have to before we get to headline of questions next hour, Corey, something stood out to me this weekend in Atlanta, and it's the fact that the NIL situation is unique. As you drive through Atlanta on billboards everywhere, you will see Georgia players uh, repping Morgan and Morgan and other law firms and other. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I, I it really kind of startled me realizing this is the kind of thing going on in other markets, and Florida State's going to have to catch up. You didn't see a lot of Georgia Tech players on Bill Didn't Orton's see any did Georgia Tech players, none. Weird, yeah. even yeah. though in the heart of Atlanta, where they are. Yeah, yeah no, awesome. Florida State definitely has to catch up. They got, And you saw the thing with Texas, like yeah. every scholarship lineman gets $50,000 for their career each season. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah. what you're up against. So, hey, Tyree, Tyree, whatever we're going to call you, buddy. Come on, buddy. You, you, better bring some, you better bring some vision with you and some cash. <laughs> Lots of cash, man. Hour number two, headliner questions forthcoming. Stay with.